This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Geekade. Now on with the show. Warning, the Stone Age Gamer includes a lot of bad language. Cover your motherfucking ears. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to episode 293 of the Stone Age Gamer Podcast for the week of February 14th, 2020. I am Chris Rangena... Kiss... Who fucks up their own name? I got ahead of myself. I started saying joining in the middle of saying my last name. (laughs) (laughs) I am Chris Randazzo and joining me tonight, as always, is love of my life, Dan Ryan. Aw, happy Valentine's Day to you too, sweetie. (laughs) Dan and I thought it would be fun for Valentine's Day, for some reason, because we're really good at planning things, uh, to come up with some what-if scenarios for video games. Let's see if we were right. (laughs) Yeah, nothing about love, relationships, the Oscars happened the last night before we are recording this, so like (laughs) movies that should be games or games that should be movies, like none of that stuff. No, and that all would have been way better. Well, what did I do last year? I said like, let's talk about video game hearts, like, Mm -hmm. come on, that wasn't great, so. Yeah, we talked about City Connection. (laughs) That game's great. It is a great game. It's really and not. It's, it's freaking would... horrible. <laughs> oh, no, it's great. I love it. It's just... Finding an excuse to get into dumb conversations is is really kind of our wheelhouse at mm-hmm. this point. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know. I really wanted to... I, is that what? Is that kind of how you do it, Chris? You're like, I wanted to talk about City Connect, but I can't think of a good way. I know. It's Valentine's Day. Let's talk about art. You know, uh, no, no, it's it's similar to that. It was, when I came up with that one, it's like, all right, when is this happening? What's happening around it? All right, what can I bullshit tie this into? Hearts. City Connection! All right, how do I make an episode out of this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness Anyway, gracious. before we go any further, here's your weekly reminder that you can email us at mail Just include the word Stone Age Gamer in the subject line and let us know what you think of our show, what topics you would like us to discuss in the future, or just say hello because we always want to hear from you, the listener. Dan, I made biscuits. Did you? I did. I've been on a freaking cooking renaissance around this place lately. Great. Right? So we are my my mom went out of town to visit her friend in Florida. And my dad is one Sounds of the like smartest people idea. I know. Was that? It sounds like a terrible idea going to Florida. Well, yeah, Florida. going to Florida on purpose isn't you know, the greatest thing, but you know, her her oldest friend lives out there, so so it's it's just fun. She goes out there from time to time, but she she spent a week down there this time. And my dad, as smart as he is, is completely inept when it comes to taking care of himself on a normal human basis. Mm. So mm-hmm. my mom, before she left, she she messaged me and said, "Could you feed your father once while I'm gone?" <laughs> I left it'll him be the a- only hot meal he gets. <laughs> I left him enough leftovers for two nights, and I'd like him to not order out like takeout every night while I'm gone. So, if you could invite him over for dinner, that would be great. So, uh, Karen decided that she wanted to make um, uh, chicken pot pie. And the way sure. we do the chicken pot pie in, in an effort to kind of like cut down on, instead of making individual pies, because we make a big batch, and you don't want to have like the individual pies left over or anything yeah. like that. It's, it's a lot of dishes, it's a lot of work to, to pack them up. What we do is we make 
We make all of the filling in a casserole dish, and then you put biscuits on top of it. And each biscuit is a serving. You just kind of spoon that out and ta-da, pot pie in whatever bowl you put it in. It's freaking delicious. Works great. Um, Last bunch of times we've done it, we've just gotten the canned biscuits. But I was like, no, I'm going to make biscuits for this. Ferg has inspired me. Ferg has inspired me quite a bit. I, I'm not going to lie. Um, he uh, he inspired me to make the, the 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 dinner rolls at Thanksgiving and everything. And that was great. But uh, yeah, I tried doing these drop biscuits not that long ago, and they came out pretty great. And I was like, I'm making them for the pot pie, and I made them, and they were fantastic. But that wasn't the big achievement. Now this did cause a little bit of a problem because Karen was trying to come up with the dinners for the, for this week, and she she was saying, uh, you know what I'm going to do? We're going to do chicken and waffles. And, oh, I love uh, chicken and waffles. Right? It's chicken and waffles is great. But uh, she wanted to do this super simple version. We have all these like frozen chicken patties in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. And like she was just going to make waffle batter because we had some buttermilk in the house. Sure. And uh, like you do. Like you do. Well, she bought them for some recipe that she was making uh, for her breakfast th- uh, this week. And there was like most a, con- a carton of it left. She's like, I'll make waffles and then we'll use those chicken patties for, for the chicken part. And as soon as she said that, I was like, no, no, I'm going to make fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I'm that. Make I saw fried you post chicken. about yeah. your fried chicken. And not only that, I'm going to go out and buy a new waffle maker, too, because <laughs> we had this like regular old waffle maker that makes these rectangular waffle waffles. And I've just been like, I've always wanted a, a Belgian waffle maker. And I don't know why I didn't buy one before. It was 20 bucks. Yeah. Like they're not expensive. Yeah. They're not this big, expensive investment. It's just like I just got a bullshit one for 20 bucks. It's an Oster or whatever that brand is called. I got it at Target and it's fine. Yo, so, Oster is amazing. They are pretty amazing. I mean, not for nice. nothing. We have a a uh <clears throat> like a a roaster oven thing that we made our thanksgiving turkey in this year it was incredible like it's big enough to put a whole turkey in damn and we had like 15 people at my house so you yeah know. man they make some they make some quality products and i was very happy with the waffle maker and she makes she makes great waffles from scratch you know she she does what she's doing but yeah i had never made fried chicken before but i was always interested in trying it because i love fried chicken sure great who doesn't so, I uh, I had I had made this uh, this Chinese food restaurant, not restaurant recipe. That's the word. I didn't make a restaurant. I made a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> so I started a Chinese restaurant this weekend. <laughs> Pretty cool. And it involved frying chicken, and there was like teriyaki sauce and all kinds of other stuff. And that came out great. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to make the fried chicken. Now she kind of got a little pissed at me because she wanted to make this simple thing. And then I turned it into, I'm going to go buy a new waffle maker and make fried chicken from scratch. And you crisped it, which I did. is what you do. I crisped the hell out of it. And fortunately, it all turned out to be worth it. Like, the fried chicken was freaking delicious, and I had a blast making it. Like, it was super fun. It was super cool. I, I understand how to make it better now. Like, I think next time I try to make fried chicken, it's going to come out better. But I also have all this leftover fried chicken, which is not what I was expecting. So I went out, and I bought all this lunch meat for the week. And now I'm like, well, what do I what do I let go to waste? The leftover fried chicken or the lunch meat? Mm. Right? Because I just bought all this lunch meat from from the, the local market and it's it's good. I had a ham and cheese sandwich today. It was delicious. Sure. But I also have all these like extra burger buns left over from when we had burgers last week. Because we only had like two burgers and there's all other package left over. And I'm like, all right, I'll abuse those for my sandwiches. But then I have all this fried chicken. I can make fried chicken sandwiches. You can make a fried chicken sandwich. Good for you. It's like, son of a, what do I do? Do I waste the ham? Or, yeah. or 
No, you got to wrap the fried chicken fried in ham. Fried chicken and ham. It's like cordon bleu. I've got Swiss cheese and ham. I'll put, oh my God, lunch is going to be so good tomorrow. <laughs> I'm so excited about this right now. I mean, minus the Swiss cheese part, because Swiss cheese is gross. But uh, Hard disagree. Swiss cheese oh, is delicious. Man. I despise Swiss cheese. How how very dare you? I Well, <laughs> you know, I like blue cheese. Ew. I like goat's milk cheeses. You know, yeah, fucking no. super fancy mm -hmm. like that. Swiss cheese no. is just nasty. You know what? Then the cheaper the Swiss cheese, the better. Give me ShopRite brand domestic Swiss, and I'm all all about that. Mm. Yeah? I yeah. mean, all right. <laughs> I feel like that explains a lot. But that, you know, that's where I draw the line, though, because, like, don't I don't go down to, like, Velveeta. That's not... I don't I don't dig Velveeta. I don't dig American cheese, like, at all. Just, hmm. I just don't like American cheese. Hard and hard no. And I'm also super picky about my cheddar. Like, if I go somewhere and, like, oh, I'll get a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Is it cheddar cheese? Yeah. And then it comes out and it's, like, basically American cheese. Like, just because it's orange, that don't make it cheddar. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's just yellow American. That's yeah. just American cheese with food coloring. How, how dare like you? <laughs> <laughs> So what you been up to, huh? Did you make fried chicken and waffles? <laughs> I I certainly didn't. We did have uh we did have a big uh party for my uh my aunt uh this weekend because now that we uh now that we have the house, you know, people come to us for birthday parties. So it was my my aunt's sixty third birthday party and she's very old school, you know, fancy New York uh type of person, so we we decorated the house all look like the rainbow room and, you know, had very fancy uh, place settings and everything. It was all black, white and silver and gold and had Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin playing on the on the Echo all day. And it was it was lovely. And amidst all this fancy stuff, you know, Tiff made like homemade chocolate mousse and like, you know, we had uh, champagne cocktails with frozen grapes and all the, all these things going on. We were like, hey, Leslie, what do you want? And she was like, a pot roast. Really? <laughs> like, with all this fancy stuff, you want a pot roast? All right. So Tiff made a pot roast, and it was incredible. It was <laughs> so good. It was so good. But we also had delicious dinner rolls this past week, and I've been eating them way too often. Like, I've had way too many dinner rolls over the last, bread. like, three days. I love bread so much. I know. I do, too. I try not to eat it as much because, you know, we're we're getting older, Chris. We are. And uh, and we have to start watching <clears throat> some of these things. Not all of them. Yeah, we do. It's uh, it, it's it's on my list of things to do. Fe January was getting back to, you know, moving, you know, <laughs> actually getting up and doing things, making sure I hit all three of my exercise rings on my watch, right? Right. Then February is getting my eating under control. I'm working on it. I spent part of today hungry. <laughs> well, <there's>, is, <laughs> I spent part of today without food in my mouth. So, <laughs> which you know. is hard because I work like I could go to a Wawa super easy, and I'm thinking they're sitting at my desk like I'm hungry. I should just get in my car and go to Wawa. But instead, I got in my car and took a nap. Man, which that sounds... didn't actually work because I couldn't get comfortable, and I'm so tired because. Right before the show, I where we started recording a little late because my daughter's sick and she came downstairs and she was crying and whatnot. And uh, um, <clears throat> she's been in this habit of waking us up at like four o'clock in the morning for yeah. no goddamn reason because she's three and I guess she just likes being awake at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so who doesn't? I was up at four o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning, and then last night I had some stomach issues, so I didn't get any sleep last night. So I'm like, I am so fried. 
it's just I'm I'm barely even connecting sentences together. So see, it's funny that you mentioned sleeping in the car though, because Tiff and I have been uh looking into purchasing um an additional vehicle uh for the family and we're kind of pushing towards uh trying to find a, a, a on obviously used because they don't make them anymore. They stopped making them in 2011. Um, but have you ever seen the Honda Elements, like the toaster oven looking one? It's very square, <laughs> boxy looking thing. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Elements before. Right, I love that. I, I love the way it looks. I've always loved it. But we found a bunch of kits online, and they're relatively affordably priced. I mean, for what they are. Um, it's like 780 bucks, right? And they, this company will send you, uh, it's basically like a wooden jigsaw puzzle that will transform the back of the element. Like it's specifically designed for this, this vehicle, um, into a camper pretty much. And like, it has enough room for a full, a full size mattress to go in the back and like, you know, room underneath for storage and stuff like that. And we're uh, you know, like seriously thinking about getting one of these so we can go out and do, you know, like camping, like on the weekends, like we can take the kids out and we'll sleep in the, in the back of the car and the kids will sleep in the tent or like they also sell conversion kits that like attach to the back of the car. So you open it up and you have some people sleeping up on the bed and then like the tent attaches to the back of it. So it's all enclosed. Like, I don't know. There's these really cool things and you know, I'm just saying, like, if you're going to sleep in the car, you might as well throw a bed in there. Like an actual for real bed with a pillow and blankets. So you can well, that's what it. I'm trying to get to myself. So if I put the seats down right in the back of the car, I have like a couple of like, you know, picnic blanket type things that I have with me. I can lay those out and I can get enough room to like lay down in the back of the car. I'm thinking about just putting my sleeping bag into the back of the car. But the problem is, is that the parking lot where I, I park for my for my building is on an incline, mm. so it's harder to get comfortable because if I'm laying down on the floor in my car, it's like right. kind of on an incline. Now, I'm not saying I nap at work all the time, <laughs> but, but it's frequent. <laughs> it's it's nice to have that option because, like, if I'm thinking about it, okay. I don't get enough sleep at night as it is, and sure. I get a certain amount of time for my lunch break. Now, I can eat and do my job at the same time so if i can take that lunch break and take a half hour nap in my car like i'm not skipping out on work to take a nap i'm using my lunch break to sleep right i think that's a pretty good idea you know and you know once the the, the weather gets nicer i can crack the windows and stuff it's uh you gotta get uh you gotta get <clears throat> yourself some mesh though once the weather gets nicer that way you can crack the windows but still put the mesh up so like bugs don't fly in the car when you're sleeping that's a good point um i i can't say that really uh, happens too much like right where my building is it doesn't get very buggy but uh or at least in the parking lot but you know either way once it gets hot that's probably just not going to work at all because you know cracking the windows isn't going to fix anything and i'm not going to sit out there with my car running because the last time i did that uh last year i was exhausted because you know children and yeah, i went to go life. take a nap and take a nap in my car and uh, this woman who runs my, who doesn't run my building, she's like the, uh, she's like the executive, uh, she, she's she's in charge of things, you know. Mm -hmm. She gets all the office supplies and stuff. Her name is Brenda. Uh, she thought I was like, she thought A I was vagrant. gone. 
she thought I was gone. She was like, is Chris okay? Where is he? His car's running and he's, I don't see him anywhere. <laughs> he's laying down in the back of his car, like a vagrant. Like, oh, no, like, like a tramp. <laughs> I was like, no, no, Brenda, I was just, I was just relaxing in my car. Oh no, it wasn't. I wasn't taking a nap. I was playing switch. That's what I was doing. <laughs> I was in the Even car better. playing. I was in the back seat playing switch. I was like, kicked off my shoes and sat up in the back seat. And I was playing a, I don't even remember what game I was playing. Probably Runner 3, I think. And I came back inside, and, and everyone in the building was just like, oh, there you are. Brenda's been looking for you. She said your car was running, and you weren't here, and she was worried, and she was about to call the cops. I'm like, what the fuck, Brenda? Like, I wasn't miles away. Did you try looking in the car? No. She didn't look in the car. She just saw the car running. And if you looked inside, I would have said, hey, Brenda, what's up? What's up, dude? Playing video games. <laughs> Piss off. Just just chilling, you know, break. taking a break. Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. So have, have you played any any video games? And speaking of games? Uh, well, I finally um, I broke down and uh, traded for Yugi in uh, in Puzzle and Dragons. And it is just such a ridiculously overpowered card. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, I have been stuck on this one particular dungeon, Alt Arena 2, for, uh, for quite some time. It just, I, I just couldn't, you know, as good as I have gotten at that game, as deep as, uh, as deep as my monster box is with all of the options that I had, I just, conceptually, something was just, uh, yeah, it, it's a 25 floor dungeon. I think the highest that I got into was like floor eight or something like that. And it is a very um, hard dungeon. It is it is quite quite challenging. It's based off one of the uh, one of the other arena dungeons, Arena Four. Um, they're up to Arena Five now, and it, it's just the, the gimmicks that are in that dungeon. I I don't find particularly fun to plan around or play through. So I don't run Arena 4 very often. Uh, so Alt Arena 2 is just kicking the shit out of me. And, you know, finally, I last Friday, I think, I traded for Yugi. And I was like, all right, I mean, it's a really strong card. Let me see what I can do. And I just stomped through Alt Arena 2 like it was nothing. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so now I'm planning for the... Uh, for the last two really hard dungeons, one of them is a, a a new Coliseum dungeon that they've released, and like there's still plenty of stuff for me to do in that game. But we are uh, sort of kind of hitting the this weird point where they don't release a ton of new stuff right now because it's coming up on Japan's uh, eight year anniversary is in like ten days or something like that. It's like February twenty first, I think. Hmm. So. I mean, eight years for a mobile game um, that still has regular content and is still making money is kind of staggering. Kind of, You know, yeah. just, just like uh, on the face of it, it, it's kind of crazy that that is still happening. But, you know, they, they kind of hit a lull here in the, the lead up to it. And like a lot of the stuff that's come out in Japan has just been reruns of collabs and stuff. So I found um, on clearance for like 10 bucks, it was just kind of randomly walking through the store. I had to go pick up a couple things at Walmart or whatever, and I was looking for... What the fuck was I looking for? Um, oh, I was looking for for stuff for the party, right? Because we, you know, we, we needed to... Uh, we all, Tiff also made macaroons, and we needed some uh, some some of that golden uh, edible food spray. 
um, because we wanted to make them fancy and whatnot. And the Walmart that's down by my house is the closest place to get that sort of thing. So as I was walking around, the the clearance section is right next to the like uh, crafting wedding section, and it's one of those sections in the store that is sometimes in this aisle and sometimes it's over here, and we kind of move things around depending on how much space we need. Just happened to randomly walk down the aisle, and I was like, "Oh, I have a couple of video games over here on clearance. Cool. Let me see. Oh, Concrete Genie for ten bucks. Awesome. I will totally pick that game up for ten bucks." And I. Uh, started playing it this weekend, and um, ha- have you seen anything about Concrete Genie? Ah, uh, no, can't say I have. Okay, so it, um, the only thing that bugs me about it, and this is just a, a personal thing because of like memories that it brings up, but the the art direction and the art style is really cool, and it's kind of got this, uh, like it's it's a blending between almost like a stop motion animation. Uh, look on the faces, and then there's like some some like cartoon animation stuff where like flashbacks and different scenes of it. But I I don't know how much you went to church as a kid in the '80s, but if you went to church in the '80s and you went to like Sunday school, which I did, there was a, a serial that they used to show called Davy and Goliath. And I don't know if you know what this is, Chris, but Davy and Goliath was like this weird claymation, stop motion, morality stories that they used to show. Sounds vaguely familiar. And the little boy was Davy and his dog was named Goliath. And the way that the mouth moved on these Davy and Goliath shorts is the way the mouths move in Concrete Genie on the main character. And like, it just gave me... Like, I started playing it, and I just got, like, all these flashbacks to, like, being hot and sitting up in this fucking church basement, or (laughs) sitting in this, like, church attic, because we were in this weird spot at the church I went to as a little kid, um, and, like, watching these Davy and Goliath morality tales on Sundays, and, like, you know, Davy was cheating on a test or some shit, and, like, that made Jesus mad. (laughs) It's like, all right, that's fine. Like, whatever. You know, so... That that kind of like personal like I that's just not my bag so I'm not into that part but like separating that from it there's this really cool story in here and the the gameplay could be tightened up a little bit but the the gist of the game is that you're this kid in in a town that has gone to shit basically and you bring the town back to life by painting like the buildings and whatnot. And you just put like these crazy things that like, it's got a bunch of uh, uh, pre-selected, you know, stencils basically that you, you know, hold down the R2 button and you flick around the the right joystick. You can do the motion controls. I chose not to, uh, but you can flick around the, the right stick and you can paint these different things on these buildings. And as you paint them, you bring different characters of yours to life and then they help you interact with the world and like help you solve environmental puzzles that are in there. Like there's one section that you can't get through because you have to burn the boards out of the way so you can get to the next thing. So you have to paint one of your friends and then they come alive and they can only travel between connected walls. So you have to find the right path to get your, you know, creation to come through and then they'll burn the wall down, but only after you make them happy. And sometimes that like, one thing I had to play basketball with one of them, you know, and like you find a basketball and you shoot 
you know, a couple baskets and the thing like cheers for you. And what's cool about it is that it gives you a, a rough idea of what your character that you're creating should look like. Like there's a, like a chalk drawing that your the main character drew as a child in this city still happens to be there, you know, like 50, you're like 16, 17, something like that in this game. So when you were five or six, you drew this like chalk monster and you go back and you see it and you're like, oh, I remember this. And then you paint him on the wall and he comes back to life. But you can paint whatever you want. You can give him 57 ears if you want, you know, just stick a bunch of spikes coming out of it and the game will render that and then make it move and interact with you. And it's just kind of really cool. And it's it's a super short game. Like I looked on like how long to beat.com is my new like favorite website because I'm like, I want to check this out. How long is this going to take me to get through? And like they said, the main story only takes like five hours to get through. And I was like, all right, sweet. I can jump into that right now. So I'm like about halfway through the game and, and it's just really charming and really pretty to look at. And the graphics are really, really, you know, just really nice. And it's got an interesting art style and a lot of the mechanics are really cool. It just, it could use a little tightening up. So could I, I mean, (laughs) we're all getting a little older, Chris. You know, it, it's just, it's one of those games that came out last year for, for PS4. It's an exclusive. Um, and I feel like it just kind of got lost in the shuffle because it came out towards the end of the year, you know, and you had the big holiday games push and you had things like Death Stranding and, you know, just, the, just these big games coming out for a holiday. And then it was like this little, you know, game that came out that's really charming and quirky and weird and feels right at home. It feels very much like one of those weird PlayStation only games. You know, that hmm. th- they have that kind of, that niche where PlayStation exclusives come out and you're like, yep, this is where that belongs. <laughs> belongs right here on this system. <laughs> it also has, and I haven't checked it out yet, I want to get through the whole game first, but it also has a VR component that I think is either going to be amazing or like vomit inducing. You know, just the way that you move throughout the world. Hmm. So I'll let you know about that if I if I can get to it this week, but... You know, whether or not I threw up or was instantly more in love. <laughs> but I think that's, is that it? I think that's it. Oh, right. Katie was, Katie was trying to get me to play or to, to look up this new vitamin connection. It's a, like oh, a switch yeah. game, a way forward switch game. I don't yeah, know. I she's, see, she's super into it. She wants to get it. I don't know. Is it out yet? Do we know anything about this game? I don't know. There was... Obviously, I like the um, the you know I like Way Forward. Yeah, I but, I like uh, the name attached looked, to it. You know, I, I like Way Forward. I looked at the trailer for it and like I don't know, it just didn't look like something I wanted to play. Which I don't know, kind of bumped me out a little bit because you know I love Way Forward, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. She's looks, super into it. Like she really, really wants to get it and like play it. It looks kind of motion controlly. Like yeah, like the, you tear off the the. You don't tear yeah, them off, I suppose. Raw <laughs> 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 fuck, it doesn't work now. Shit. Um, yeah, like you use the motion controls. Like, so she was kind of bummed. She was like, "Oh, I guess I can't play this on the Switch Lite." I was like, "Well, no, I don't. Don't suppose you can." Yeah, I mean, like, is you're lit- like the in the game is literally showing the like you're flying around on a Joy-Con. So yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Tiff, <laughs> Tiff, from from the description that Katie was giving in the car this evening as we were picking up their new glasses. 
uh, Tiff was like, this sounds 100% like Osmosis Jones. And I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I was like, I mean, all right. I have wow. never played or never watched Osmosis Jones, but okay. Uh, sure. You don't hear about Osmosis Jones all that much anymore. That was you really a, don't. Wow, that's a heck of a pull. There was another Switch trailer that uh, I saw today. Um, that uh, oh geez, I'm on the wrong, I'm on the wrong channel. Hold on, I have to switch to my account because uh, I can't remember the name of it. But it was something blood related. <laughs> okay. Uh, blood roots. <laughs> blood for death. the Switch. But it's Blood. like it's rated teen, but it seems pretty bloody. I'm gonna throw you the uh, the, the link to this in the uh, in the chat. But okay, I think this one looks kind of cool. It just seems to be like almost like parkour murder and shit. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a thing I could be into. But the music's like super goofy while this like. And like this dude just got eaten by a fish, but like you're just like picking up chairs and pots and swords and giant shoes and just killing things. And there's blood everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it looks like I'm watching the trailers. Yeah, that guy just got eaten by a fish. Um, it looks absurd. Right. But I, th I, I can't tell if I think this looks fun. I want to know. I want to know more about it, because I see improvise and adapt to an ever-changing ballet of ultraviolence. When I hear ever-changing ballet of ultraviolence, it almost makes me think, oh, this is going to be procedurally generated, and I'm not into right. that. But, I don't know, some, something about the way that there's, like, all this crazy murder warpath stuff going on, it looks enticing to me. Because the last thing that they were pushing was, um, what the heck's that game, uh, Kunai? Did you see the trailer yeah, for yeah, Kunai? Yeah, yeah. Something about that wasn't rubbing me right. I was like, everything about this I should like, but I'm, it's not grabbing me for some reason. I'm just not interested in this one. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. But I, I tell you, this one this one really grabbed my attention earlier today. So, well, maybe yeah, I'll try that it out. That looks kind of neat. Yeah. Did we, uh, did we get any more information? I saw... I saw a thing that apparently in the uh, the ESRB rating that was leaked that Animal Crossing is going to have microtransactions. Nothing concrete. Okay. I mean, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of microtransactions in it based on the whole Animal Crossing cell phone game or whatever. Camp or yeah. whatever that one's called. I but, mean, but it could just be DLC, right? Like that I could, can't imagine it's stuff that you That counts, need. right? Yeah, that counts. You know? Yeah. I'm sure that, there, why wouldn't there be an online store, you know, like where you can spend real money to get like new clothes or some shit like that? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine it really being an impediment to me. Like, I, I just, I just don't, I, but I don't know anything about it. Nobody knows anything about it. It's, uh, I wish there were none, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were some just strikes I mean, me as the kind Nintendo of thing. has done a really good job of keeping a lot of that stuff out of their games, you know, yeah, but in out, the last couple of years, games. yeah, well, since the cell phone game started, it's been, 
more creeping up more and more but like they but have done their a console really good stuff job. yeah yeah their console stuff has been solid they have not treated their console stuff with dlc super gross you know like they've yeah done a good job with that they handled it with splatoon and smash brothers they've been doing a good job it's just that their mobile market is ultra gross and so now i get a little bit scared hearing like oh, i don't know man Maybe maybe Animal Crossing is going to be big and horrible and gross, and that would make me every kind of oh, that sad. Would be but, so disappointing because I'm super jazzed for Animal Crossing. I really am. But yeah, that's another one that the the kids really really can't wait to play. And like, I mean, you know, uh, that way I'll at least get to play it. <laughs> you know, because yeah. like I don't I don't necessarily think like as much as I it just adored the first Animal Crossing, and I really didn't have not touched any since. I, I just haven't been interested in doing the same thing again, you know, uh, certainly not enough to, like, go out and drop money on it. Mm -hmm. But if the kids want it, they've never played, you know, yeah. Animal Crossing. So, uh, OK, let's do it, you know, and, and maybe maybe I'll, I'll get into it. And I mean, not for nothing, that Animal Crossing switch dock and the controllers those <laughs> are very lovely. cute. Those yes. are so nice. Those are. I mean, I'm not buying it. <laughs> no, I have one. I have a switch. That's that's enough for me. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, I'm excited for Animal Crossing. Uh, I heard there's a uh, DLC coming to Dandara. There's going to be a free expansion for Dandara, which I'm actually really stoked about because uh, that game was great. I yeah, really, I'd like really to. Like uh, that game. I, I really like I plan on getting through it. It's it's uh, it's on PlayStation now. Mm -hmm. I, I just have not done it yet. It's really, really one of the better Metroidvania games I've played. It's very memorable, and I'm looking forward to an excuse to dive back into it. Uh, especially, like, I, I kind of wanted to play the whole thing through again, because they did a major update to it a few months after I beat the game uh, that, you know, like, fixed up the map and, and kind of okay. made, made a lot of quality of life improvements, which didn't bother me much as I was playing through the game, but as sure. soon as they showed the off the, the improvements they made, I was like, Oh damn, those are really smart <laughs> ideas. Actually, that no. does bother me now retroactively. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> so I'm stoked about that. Uh, John, I, I've been having a lot of fun with John with, uh, with Zelda. Right. So we were, we, we beat Zelda two a few weeks back and, uh, we started playing like to the past. We're in the dark world. Oh my God. Getting to, I don't think I brought it up last week because we were talking to, to, to Brett, but, um, we uh we got to the part where we get the master sword in a link to the past uh -huh. and this was just this was pure magic because uh he was kind of experiencing the game similar to the way i did when i first played it he thought the game was over we right. got the three pendants and then we went to go attack agonim and <clears throat> he so got good. really upset like he was tears in his eyes upset because you get to the room with agonim and like you're too late i got zelda and teleports her away and then he disappears and it's like we can't beat the game now and he was getting really upset and i'm like oh buddy think about it look around the room what do you see and i showed him the spots on the carpet where you could see like well this leads to the entrance and that one's leading to this this one curtain in the wall and like do you really think the game's gonna end like this do you think that do you think that i would show you this if there was no way out like let's be calm and think about it and it's like okay what do we do and then i Showed him getting through through the, the curtain and fighting Abinim, Agonim. But before that, man, one of my favorite things was getting the Master Sword when I was a kid. When you pick it up and the mist clears in the Lost Woods. And, oh, it's so good. 
<clears throat> he was so excited to get that last pendant and so excited to go over and pick up the pick up the master sword and just watching his face when I pushed that button, the music came on and he lifted up the master sword. It was just so cool. Um, so I've been really enjoying playing, playing Link to the Past with him. He's really, he's so getting it this time. And like, it's, we didn't play through this that long ago, but for some reason it's just clicking with him now. He didn't remember all the stuff that we did. And he's, we started with Zelda one and we went through all of Zelda two and he's like asking to play them numerically. He's like, so what's at, what's Zelda four? I'm like, well, that's Link's Awakening. And so we're probably going to play the Switch version of Link's Awakening because uh, nice. you know, it's you know playing yeah. on the TV. But why not? Got to finish Link to the Past first. But he's been asking for to listen to Zelda music like everywhere we go. And wow, I had a bunch of it on my phone, but naturally, uh, naturally, because because I do. But like he's asking for all these like really obscure tracks. So the other day we put all the Zelda music on my phone. Like I have all the soundtracks. So like okay, here's all of it. There's the one massive <laughs> here's Zelda everything. playlist. <laughs> it's all all the stuff from games that you've never even heard of before in the Zelda franchise. So here here's all of it. Well, all right, I didn't get the CDIs, all the soundtracks. I should probably load those on there too, just for funsies. <laughs> That's gonna, gonna be fun to explain I mean, that to him someday. I don't know that you should. <laughs> <laughs> just just for poop i mean i know that you're going to yeah i am i am <laughs> going to there's no question about it there's not much music in those games anyway but so uh <clears throat> we uh that that's been a lot of fun we're listening to the music and he really impressed the heck out of me this morning because i pointed this out to him a while uh, maybe like a week or so ago just because i'm the nerd that i am i was mm -hmm. pointing out the difference because he really liked the music in zelda 2 and I was like, check out this. This is a different, this is the Famicom disc system version of Zelda 2. And you can hear these slight differences in the instrumentation. And like, he understood that. And he was and like, I dad, shut the fuck up. Well, that's what I expected. <laughs> I expected him to be like, just zone out and not pay attention. Like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But we were driving to school this morning. And he asked me to just pick random songs off the Zelda playlist. And it wound up, I hit random and it landed on the overworld music from the disc system of Zelda two. And he's like, this is the Japanese version, isn't it? And I was like, holy shit. Like you actually picked up on the difference of that. It, it's, it's a very subtle difference, but he picked it up. Did you pull cool, that? And he was damn way to go, buddy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I was super impressed by his ability to do that. So, um, we're also at bedtime reading, um, I think I mentioned this a few few weeks ago. We were reading the Mega Man Sonic crossovers. Yeah. Uh, we have one issue left of the second Mega Man S Sonic crossover, Worlds Unite, where all the Capcom and Sega things come in, like Knights and Breath of Fire and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we only have one issue of that left. And he asked me if there were any Zelda comics. I was like, well, there's Zelda manga, which you, I don't really have any. You would think there would be, John. But somehow, somehow in the there 90s, isn't. There was an imprint called Valiant, and they released some, uh, let's say, questionable Zelda comics. So uh, I, I went into my boxes and I pulled out my Valiant Nintendo stuff, and and I read um, issue two of Legend of Zelda, and it wasn't terrible. It was uh, it was actually kind of okay. So I think we might read some. I showed him. I showed him some pictures, like some of the, some of the books earlier today, because I was I made a checklist of like, all right, well, what Valiant Nintendo stuff am I missing? I've been like half heartedly collecting this stuff for, sure. for ages now because I find it fascinating, uh, and I, I have a pretty decent chunk of them. I have three of the five Zelda issues. I think I have like three of the nine Super Mario Brothers issues. I only have two of the Nintendo Comic System ones, 
one of the ones that I have is a Mario story and a punch out comic, which is nice. Like, that's awesome. So he's, I think he's interested in reading some of these Zelda books afterwards. So I was like, or we could dick into my Nintendo powers and read the link to the past comic books that were in the, uh, in the Nintendo powers. So I don't know where we're going next, but he's been really digging, digging, reading the comics and, and that's whatnot, awesome. So. That's, that's pretty fun. I think that's pretty much uh that I think that's pretty much it besides um just to bring it up on the show for the sake of bringing it up on the show. Uh so we had our interview with Brett last week and we talked a whole bunch about the Amico. And um he mentioned that he's friends with with Tommy Tallarico and he posted on his his Facebook page, "Hey, you're right out a blast on the Stone Age Gamer podcast uh and we talked about a bunch of stuff, including the Amigo, and I guess that got Tommy's attention because he listened to the episode. And uh, he said some relatively nice things uh, on the the Facebook page, and then he had a bunch of comments about things that I said on the show uh, that he didn't necessarily agree with. And I don't agree with his disagreements of <laughs> said things. Uh, again, respectfully, like... I can't believe he listened to our show like that. I have to, you have to give this guy credit. Like he is listening to everything that he can find where people are talking about his product to find out what people actually think of it. And you've got to appreciate that because a lot of businesses don't do that kind of stuff. They think yeah, they a lot know of what people, people don't care. Yeah, yeah. Because they think they know better. They think they know what people actually think. But Tommy is taking the time to listen to, like, even stuff like our show to find out what people actually think of his product. So Dan uh, responded to him because I was ultra busy last night. I, I did. I, I saw that he had responded, but I didn't even have a chance to read it. Uh, and Dan responded that he should come on the show and talk about it. And uh, he agreed to. Um, granted, it's just on Facebook. It's, you know, we don't have anything in paper or anything like that but uh dan said tommy we would love to have you to talk about the amico chris and i've always stuck by the fact that we want it to be a success anytime you want to come on we'd be glad to talk and he said sure let's do it would love to discuss more and the tougher the questions the better so here's hoping i can actually make that work i sent him a message yeah, we're this trying, morning guys yeah we i are... sent him a, a message dm this morning he he didn't he hasn't seen it yet so uh because uh, you, you can tell on Facebook when he when you see something, so he hasn't seen that. But we're gonna try to get him on here and and talk to him. So if any of you have any questions for Tommy Tallarico about the Amico, that's fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Tallarico Amico. Yeah. Uh, if you anyone has any questions, send them our way, and if we get them on the show, we'll ask them, and and hopefully that that turns into a whole thing. Now, obviously, if he comes on the show, I won't only talk about the Amico. I have questions about the uh, Cool Spot soundtrack because I'm a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. Chris has got all the Cool Spot questions taken care of. You don't need to send in any about that. We've got that on lock, kids. Don't don't worry. No, I think it's very cool thing. Anyone who knows me knows I'm not kidding. (laughs) No, I I 100% know that you have been waiting for this moment. Like, this is your time to shine. It's going to be on the local news. Local (laughs) podcaster finally hits it big. Uh, talking about cool spot um no like we we have been you know we have been critical of things we have been supportive of things i would love the opportunity to uh you know to to actually ask some questions about some of the things that are said because you know 
it's, I mean, Chris and I are not putting out a video game system uh, anytime soon. I mean, who knows? <laughs> Maybe one day. But, you know, you say things in public, and like we say things on this podcast, and we're on episode 292 of this podcast, and I was talking to the kids about it today, like as we were driving around, they, they just asked me like, how long have we been doing this? I was like, ah, we've been doing this podcast, like we started recording this back when I lived in Corpus, and then went... Oh my God, that was like six years ago, <laughs> you know, yeah. which is, which is crazy. Like it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but we have been doing this podcast damn near week in and week out for almost six years. We, we have probably said some questionable shit within, <laughs> within that six year period. Most of it probably done for a joke, you know, uh -huh. uh, but, or, or out of ignorance or, I mean, you know, you can go back and listen to you and me talking about the Switch when that first came out, and boy, were we wrong, you know, and, and we're man enough to admit Thankfully that we were so. wrong. Yeah, you know, yeah. and like, and we have called uh, Mr. Tallarico out on some of the ways that, that we feel things have been presented um, as regards the, uh, the, Nintendo, the Nintendo Switch and the amico uh respectively of each other you know and and i i would love the opportunity to uh you know to try and clarify some of that and try and clear some of that stuff up you know because i at the end of the day we want these things to be successful we want there to be a family alternative or i i see and that's the thing i don't even think alternative is the right word because i don't think i don't think the it's going to be in a family, you know, a family sitting there thinking about what video game system they're going to buy. I, if it's between like the new PlayStation, the new Xbox and the Amico, like, I just don't think they occupy the same space. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, but I, I agree. I hope it really does well. And there is this alternative for like old school arcadey type experiences because that stuff is super fun. You know, mm -hmm. but, I, but again, I, I mean, just to present it as an alternative to like Moon Patrol and God of War are just not even the same sport anymore. You know, we talked to, and, and I, and again, we say that respectfully because we talked about how difficult it was when we're, we're doing these, you know, games of the decade and games of the year and all of that stuff. Like it, you know, the best games of all times when people make those lists you know, can you compare Breath of the Wild and Tetris? I mean, like, you really can't. Yeah, I mean, they're they're both, they're both video, video games, games, but that, they that's have about so little it. in common. You know, and, and like, is it fair to even have that discussion of, of where they rank against each other, you know? So you put all that together, and I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. Plus, Dude has said a couple of things that are questionable. <clears throat> that... That is true. <laughs> There's, I mean, you know, like I said, you and I, Chris, have said some things that are questionable, but we are not trying to launch a video game system. We yeah. are making zero dollars <laughs> from a podcast we do for free, you know, we do for fun every week, apparently, for six years. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, man, I hope so. But yeah, if you guys yeah. have questions, please, like, write us. What would you like us to ask Tommy? Because, uh, I mean, I've got my own set of questions, but 
You know, I I, I want to know what everyone everyone wants to know because because he's he seems interested in answering questions, and that's something I'll always respect about the guy is that he's he is more than willing to talk to anybody who will listen to him about uh his the things that he's passionate about, and you can't take that away from him. That dude is passionate as hell about the in television amico. So he really is, and I mean, and dude has had a hell of a career. You know, he has. Like, yeah. he, You're not he's wrong. had an amazing career. He's had an amazing career and has done some really, really awesome, awesome things and continues to do some awesome things in in the video game space. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I love the Earthworm Jim soundtrack. I love, love the heck out of the Earthworm Jim soundtrack. And I love the Cool Spot soundtrack. I think it's freaking fascinating. And I, I want to talk to him. I want to ask him about Advent Rising. Dude's got a history. You know? That game's yeah. got an incredible score, and man, I really thought that game was going somewhere. You know, <laughs> like, and I mean, I know he has nothing to do with the development of it and whatnot, but man, that game was nuts. I wanted it to be great. Well, uh, anyway, yeah, that's that's pretty much that. We should take ourselves a break so we can come back and hit up our feature topic. Uh, now that it's nice and early in the evening. Oh wow, yeah. That's all right. We'll we'll blow through this. It's not yeah. even really all that interesting. <laughs> Way to sell it. You're listening to the Stone Age Gamer podcast from geekade.com. Stick around. Enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Hey guys, Vestlord Dean DeFalco here to tell you that we have a Twitch. Uh, yeah, Geekade has a Twitch, and we are streaming at least once a week. Uh, every Thursday, we are on from 6 to 11. That's five solid hours of me failing at whatever game is uh, going on that week. You want to see me cry? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me achieve a massive victory? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me eat food? Muckbane right there. Twitch.tv slash Geekade. Guys, check it out. It's a lot of fun. We got emoticons. Uh, we got sub badges. We got all sorts of stuff going on over there. And if you just want to pop in, say hi, give us a follow. You know, we really do appreciate it. Trying to uh, spread the love, trying to spread Vestlore Global to a house near you, maybe even your house. So, guys, pop in, say hello, and we'll catch you next time on twitch.tv slash geekade. See you then, guys. Stay Vestly, keep playing games. Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, Geekade is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. 
Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. back right yeah let's say let's do it we're back we're back yeah, no, we 100%. had a break it was great we have beer so for some reason i thought it would be really fun to uh i don't know why this popped into my head it's like yeah like marvel what ifs you know the marvel what if comics where they say like what if uh Aunt may was the herald of galactus and then they write a comic about like what if jane foster picked up mjolnir well, that actually, and then they and then, and she, then they did it, that indeed like, she did a, a, a number of years later but you know they come up with these weird situations and say like, well what if this was different and then go with it so uh yeah. i thought that would be kind of fun to to hit up a couple of uh instances of video games so i want you to start because i feel like i went bigger picture than maybe you did okay well we, we will see well, well the let's first, find out so the first one that came up to me uh was uh, so the story for the original Legend of Zelda is mm-hmm. that, um, if I'm remembering it correctly, like if I'm diving deep into like instruction manuals and whatnot, right? Uh, Impa official was, canon, official yeah, official canon. Uh, Impa, and, uh, Zelda's nursemaid in this one. She's super old and decrepit. Impa, yeah. Uh, she's like trying to you know get away from the castle where Ganon is like kidnapped Princess Zelda. And uh, she's attacked by a bunch of monsters, and then Link comes out of the woods and saves her. And right. she uh, imparts the quest onto Link to go find the pieces of the Triforce of Wisdom so he can take down Ganon. So I th- I said, what if Impa never met Link, and she became the hero of Hyrule? <laughs> what if you played through Zelda as a crotchety old woman? <laughs> I feel like that would be an amazing way to go through that game. <laughs> right like you can't move very fast like i feel like it wouldn't be all that different like no. other than like she probably wouldn't be able to swing a sword too much but she didn't she must have been close to that cave where the old man was like it's dangerous to go alone take this <laughs> but like link is a kid imp is a crotchety old woman and i bet i'd be willing to bet she's seen some shit so I, i'm probably more scared of her than i am of a little kid <laughs> little kid in green, you know, green tunic and no pants like yeah yeah, crotchety old woman. Why are you I wearing that, booties? I'm not scared of you. I would love to see a. I would love to see Impa like old ass limp because like eventually they made Impa pretty badass in like the, some of the later games. She's had a bunch of different incarnations that have changed quite a bit, but her original appearance was in Zelda One as a very hunchbacked crotchety old woman in like a red scarf and stuff. I think that would be pretty fascinating. That would be excellent. I would like to see like the. Hispanic version of Legend of Zelda with, you know, an old grandmother woman who just beats you with a chancleta the whole time. <laughs> like, I feel like that would be an amazing alternate version of that. Like, it's dangerous to go al- alone and be like, no, it's not. <laughs> and, like, just have her take off a sandal and be ready to whip some ass. Like, she'd just walk around beating, beating up things with a cane. Like, she probably wouldn't even pick up the sword. She'd just be like, no, no. And she'd walk into that cave and be like, well, number one, why are you living in a cave? <laughs> number one, rethink <laughs> your life choices. You've All got, of them. There's nothing here but a black floor and two flames. <laughs> what are you doing in here? 
Get out of the cave, get some sunlight, you're way too pale, and eat some vegetables. What kind of minimalist hipster bullshit is this? <laughs> I want to see Impa go through The Legend of Zelda and just, like, not kill monsters, just beat them up and or shame them. <laughs> just grandmother them. Yeah, just grandmother them. Honey, what are you doing? What are you, Just what happened to your life? Come here. <laughs> Let Impa help you. Yeah, you and I went in totally different directions <laughs> on this. <laughs> All right, so there's my there's my first one. What's yours? Well, I've only got four. Do you want to knock out a couple of yours? Nah, I guess some of mine are trash, so let's <laughs> 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 just take turns. All right, so uh my my first one, uh let me let me pull up uh my list on bear here. Do you use bear for notes? It's wonderful. I don't anyway. even know what that is. Um so my first question, uh, originally, uh, again, just like you, if I have my facts correct, and I think I do, when Bungie was originally developing uh, Halo, it was going to be a multi-platform game. And by multi-platform, I mean it was going to be uh, Windows, PC, and Mac. And at that time, a lot of those games that were, you know, computer games had a tendency to come to home consoles as well. So what if Microsoft had never purchased an an exclusivity deal with Bungie and Halo? Mm. Would the Xbox have become the thing that it became? Hmm. Right? Because I think I think without question we can say that the success of the original Xbox is a hundred percent due to Halo. Yeah, I don't think that it. I feel like if Halo wasn't there, then um, the Xbox would have had a different life. Because what else? What else would have grabbed the attention at the time? Right. Right like now, that's that's what it, that's what anyone talks about. What was talking about with the original Xbox was that, and like, boy, look at the graphics on this Shrek game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and. Because the Xbox, one of the great things about it, and, you know, as as small of a fan of Halo as I always have been, because um, it's just not really my thing, you know, a first-person shooter is not really my thing. Halo has never been, you know, the be-all, end-all. Like, I, c- I can appreciate it for what it is. But what I always thought was cool, you know, back in the day when you and I were working at Game Crazy, and we would go over to Hollywood Video, and we were going to have a Halo tournament, and we would go steal a bunch of TVs out of the fucking out of the TV wall <laughs> at Hollywood Video and load them up and like drive them out to somewhere and hook up all the systems and have a big LAN party, you know, with Halo. That was awesome. That was such a cool thing, you know. And without that, is Microsoft even a player in the world that we have today as far as video games are concerned? I would argue that they're not. I mean, unless they you know, like they're effectively doing with Xbox One, just brute force it. Just like, okay, I don't care. We've got money to burn. We want to be a part of this, and we're going to keep doing it until we are. I mean, but, I, I mean, I, it's an I, interesting question at, because Halo was such a signature component. Like it was the Xbox. Yeah, because I'm looking at like I just Googled you know best Xbox games. Like okay, Knights of the Old Republic. That's big. But is that system seller big? You know, it's a Star Wars game that's that's on, that's always going to appeal to Star Wars fans and very specifically not going to appeal to not Star Wars fans. It's also right. an RPG, which is not for everyone. And Splinter would they Cell, have even had know, the money to get uh, exactly. Knights of the Old Republic without Halo? 
they had the best version of Splinter Cell, but they didn't have the only version of Splinter Cell. Uh, right. And it wasn't Metal Gear Solid, you know? Exactly, was the, Would yeah. that have been a thing? Like, okay, we're still a system. Crimson Skies, Jade Empire, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, but that's kind of it, you know? Project Gotham I mean, Racing. I adore Crimson Skies. It is one of my very favorite games of all of the times. But... That being said, I also really love the Rocketeer, and not everybody loves that either. <laughs> you know, you Those know, like we're fools. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. A hundred percent. And like the Rocketeer Two is apparently happening on Disney Plus, and that makes me very, very happy. Well, that makes me scared and concerned. A hundred percent. But also I mean, there's happy. that new Rocketeer cartoon that's happening, and that's right. not even. I don't understand why they're even calling it the Rocketeer. It doesn't take place in that time period. It's just a girl with a jetpack. It doesn't seem to have any actual relation to anything Rocketeer related. But right, hey, whatever, man. Live yeah, the whatever. But you know, I mean, without Halo, if it was originally, you know, if if it is multi-platform, does it become? Does the Xbox still exist? I think it's an interesting because it was originally a multi-platform game. Hmm. I didn't know it was originally multi-platform. Well, because the the first what is it? System Shock? Is that the first Bungie thing? Uh, or no, Marathon. Marathon. Okay. That was a Mac game. Like they started as Mac developers. Huh. Yeah. Right? Would that have led Apple into entering the console? market as has been rumored multiple times i mean i don't know they they didn't exactly follow through with pippin so who well, the hell knows yeah you remember the rumors about them buying playstation as well like they were going to buy sony yeah i have a, I had a, a vague recollection of that at some point in my life all right well, anyway that was, that was a good one yeah see i've got i've got the bigger you know I have one or two big picture ones like that, but I decided to focus more of my attention on the silly things <laughs> like because those are my favorite. What ifs when they just sure. like, did something absolutely ridiculous. What if Aunt May got a cosmic cube? Exactly. Yeah. So, for example, what if Solid Snake was a literal snake? <laughs> <laughs> snake, we need you to infiltrate outer heaven. <laughs> All right. I mean, no, I, I still feel like right. he would talk like David Hayter, <laughs> but he wouldn't be like a cartoon snake with big googly eyes. He would look like a real snake with like tactical armor and stuff on, <laughs> but like he wouldn't have any arms. You'd just have to play through Metal Gear Solid as a snake. Like, would you be a poisonous snake so that like you could bite guys and like that's how you would like, yeah, put them to sleep no, yeah, or whatever? yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Say, okay. like, I wouldn't say a rattler because you know. Well, no. If it was a rattler snake, that would be pretty fun for uh, um, the stealth aspect. You know. Oh yeah, you, you got to keep like, that shit under control. And then like, it's like, oh no! I'm, if I'm, I'm rattling my tail, I'm alerting everyone to my presence. I oh, keep like that if shit you're quiet, running, right? yeah. yeah, that yeah. would be pretty wild. If you're if you're slithering quickly, I suppose it would be easy to hide. It would be much harder to hit you with bullets because you're so much smaller. That's true. Would the rest of the characters, like, would Revolver Ocelot be an Ocelot with revolvers? <laughs> no. Everyone's exactly the same. <laughs> that would just be silly, Dan. <laughs> like Meryl falling in love with a literal snake. Yep. Trying to with a, save the with a headband. Chief. 
<laughs> smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes. Somehow. <laughs> How does he light them? I don't even know. It happens off camera. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Or he asks somebody for a light. I'd play it. Would Liquid Snake be one of those fucking water wieners? You know, do you remember those? Liquid Snake would be basically Earthworm Jim. <laughs> <laughs> He'd look like a regular dude until the end when you'd like call his bullshit and be like, you and me are like <laughs> cut from the same cloth. And then he would slither out of his robot body. And then the two of you would have a snake, have a snake fight to the death. Have a snake battle. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to uh, I'm going to Google real quick water wieners so I can make sure I can suggest other people Google water wieners. Yep, you can totally Google water wieners. <laughs> that one's safe. OK, that one's safe. I mean, well, let's see. I don't know. The uh, the first couple of image results are fine. After that, it's officially the dark web. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have my safe search on, and there are definitely a couple of sex toys that have popped up already. Nice. They're German. I don't know what that's about. I don't look at a lot of German sex toys. <laughs> There's your episode <laughs> title. <laughs> episode 292. I don't look at a lot of German sex toys. <laughs> I'm not going to say I don't look at any, but... All right. All right, Jesus. your turn. That was great. <laughs> um, so I find this to be a really interesting question, and I'm kind of surprised that it hasn't, we haven't figured out a way to do this yet. But what if, Chris, go with me. Imagine if you will. Um, a world in which <laughs> the current Sony, the current Microsoft, and the current Nintendo consoles could all effectively run and play steam games what would that do to our collective gaming well there'd be an awful lot of asset flips <laughs> <laughs> you think i mean steam is a cesspool like <laughs> sure sure but but if it could run steam games i mean that would definitely change so much because so much of a lot of the, I guess the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I wish I wasn't so goddamn tired. Um, there's a, de there's a degree of clout, uh, related to indies in this generation, specifically right. with Nintendo. They really yeah. sh shine some light on big indie games. And if that stuff started, so it is changing a bit with the, the steam landscape, you know, because steam is a cesspool and, 60 to 70 percent of the new releases at any given time are cheap asset flips that right. you know they're just senseless so it's very hard to get a game to be successful on steam um or even found on steam now which right. is i guess yeah. why why um those indie developers tended to flock toward the switch but now that's overrun with tons and tons and tons of uh cell phone level games so yeah there, there's a lot of 49 cent games on the nintendo eShop, and i don't know how i feel Ugh, about that i hate that it's because it's hard for me to find stuff that like i know there's interesting stuff that i'm missing i just yeah. know there is like we just did uh what did we cover we covered chasm on Waveback. i'd never even heard of that game oh and... really i talked about it on the show you prick chasm did you yeah i talked about it i beat it got it on ps4 love that game i guess i'm just conflating that with the um time spinner for some reason yeah, no, because I never played Time Spinner. That was, I mean, I both. Oh my I think god, they both you're right. That's the same. 
I just remembered that wrong. For some reason, I just had it linked in my mind that that was Time Spinner that you did. But now that you mention it, you're right. You said that was Chasm. I just, for some reason, connected that as in you had played through Time Spinner. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's completely, as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, oh, shit, you're right. Yeah, no, dug that game. Good soundtrack. <clears throat> yeah, you know, it, was that... a, it was a really fun episode, but I, I yeah. mentioned, I brought it up in the uh, the Waveback uh, um, Discord channel, and, and everyone's like, what the hell is this game? I've never heard of it before. I'm like, well, check really? it out. It's, it's pretty neat. Listen to the show, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> no, Our I audience, think... like me, tunes out when you talk. <laughs> God damn it. That's why we're not as successful as we could be. I tune out when I talk. I don't even know what we talked about 20 minutes ago. All I'm thinking about is German sex toys now. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's no, that so would many. Be, that would so be interesting. I, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened yet. It, at least, it, it, and not maybe like full Steam Store access, but some semblance of that, because it's such a huge market. It is, but I think it really just boils down to that. You know, each system specs are different. You know. You still have to make yeah. You still have to make your game work on PlayStation. Whereas you make something work on Steam, you just like, well, it's on Steam. But if your PC can't run it, then that's your fault. You know, that's not. Like I mean, you can are just... there is there anything on the Steam store that can't effectively be played on a PlayStation or an Xbox? Maybe a I, Switch. I don't know because if it's, it I don't is know if it's a matter of but yeah, I don't know if it's a matter of power, just a matter of engine support, you know. Right. It's but I like, mean, like, because with the way streaming has gotten now, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, it's just something that I'm surprised hasn't hasn't happened. I mean, if they if they announced that, like, if Microsoft or Sony came out tomorrow and they were like, "All right, in our new system, um, Steam capability," like, would that be the end of the console wars? To a point, like, would that be a thing that would push people one way or another, do you think? I don't know, because I don't play Steam games. I know you don't either. Like, we're not PC gamers, but... I feel like maybe if it was, like, the last generation, I think that would be a lot bigger. But I think where mm -hmm. we are now with with the way Steam has landed, you know, when it started, it was, it was, it was you know, brilliant. It was... Yeah, there was a lot of thought put into it. It was this whole great new thing, but uh, after it exploded, they just kind of stopped policing it, and it just turned into this giant cesspool of awful. Yeah. So, uh -huh. if it, that happened way back when it was still a really impressive, wonderful new place to be, and a great place to get your games found, I think that would have been a different conversation. So, huh. 10 years ago, or 5 years ago, I don't know how old Steam is. I don't know how time works. <laughs> 40 years ago? <laughs> Back in the 1920s, Gabe Newell came up with Steam. I don't know. That's an interesting question. Yeah. I'm pretty good at this, Chris. For for coming up with a couple of these on the fly earlier today when I was like, oh, yeah, this is a thing I got to think about. Uh, let me see. Well, since Steam. you're doing all the serious ones, I'll, I'll kind of stave off my serious ones and keep asking silly questions. Okay, please do. All right. Because I only have two more, so give me, give me a couple silly ones. What if... Uh, you know what? Let me ask a, a, another silly one first because I like this. I like the other. I like the one I was just about to ask better, and I want to save that for a second. <clears throat> what if the eggplant wizard's curse was permanent in Kid Icarus? So, like, you just have the eggplant on your head the rest of the game? For the rest of the game. But you couldn't attack. You wouldn't be able to get through it. What if you could learn? Like okay, now I now now I have to be an eggplant. What is that? Learning? 
<laughs> now I have to be an eggplant and learn how to beat this game as an eggplant. If, you you if go to the hospital and they're like, I'm sorry, we can't help you. I'm but, sorry, this is just your life now. Buy a helmet. But here's a, here's some pipe cleaners that we're going to stuff into the side. And now you have fake arms. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a Mr. Potato Head? Pretty much. Yeah. I, if, if you would have remit, like, okay, so you become the eggplant and your ability to shoot an arrow is taken away, but you are given the ability to headbutt. Mm-hmm. I there think I would have been for it. Yeah. So there would have to be some sort of game balance, but then you could play through the game in two very different ways. Yeah. If you get hit by the eggplant curse, that's it. You're an eggplant going forward. Either that or that's the story. Like, at a certain point, you just get cursed with the eggplant, and then all two Kid Icarus games after that... <laughs> <laughs> you're just an eggplant with wings. You're just an eggplant with wings. You You get wings at the end of the first game. That's what you get rewarded with. <laughs> they don't take away the eggplant curse, even though they're gods and they could. They nah, just give you nah. wings. That, no, Pitt refuses. He says, no, I'm good. <laughs> this is my life now. <clears throat> Purple looks good on me. I'm into this. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, let's see. Uh, I got another one oh, for man. you. That's good. What if at the end of Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. murdered Mario in retaliation, and Luigi became an only child. Oh, man. So Mario Brothers wouldn't exist. It would just be Mario Brother. Yeah. Starring Luigi. He, st- he still wouldn't <laughs> even get the title. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be called Super... Then, then we would move on to Super Mario Brother. Like, and then, I don't know, would, would Super Mario Brother have been two players? Like, would they just alternate turns instead of having mario and luigi just like mario or sorry just luigi and like every now and then he's or like and then once luigi's mansion shows up he's haunted by the ghost of his dead brother mario by an actual ghost of mario exactly yeah and like eventually you know luigi goes to the mushroom kingdom and rescues princess princess peach and then there's super luigi land and he rents rescues daisy and he has the whole thing with the with bowser and he meets wario and has a weird relationship with him because, you know, he reminds him of Mario, but all dark and twisted, and he gets all sad. <laughs> I don't know, man. I kind of like this timeline. <laughs> I might be more interested in it. Because, like, I mean, it's kind dark, of amazing. anti hero <laughs> Luigi. Hero. Because I've been drinking and I'm tired. It's kind of amazing that DK and DK Jr. didn't actively murder Mario at the end of Dunk Kong Jr. They're wild animals. <laughs> They 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 are wild animals, and he was mean to them. He locked up his dad yeah. in a cage, and like just carted him around. Like, all right, now I'm in this electric, super futuristic factory place. Here's all these keys. I dare you to come get them. You know, like dare you to get them. He was just being a dick. Animals are weird like that, man. Like we just got this rescue dog, and uh, she's an eight year old dog who like has been abused for the last eight years, and like. I didn't abuse her, but I can see the look in her eyes when, like, I go to pet her or bring her food. Like, she's looking at me to where if she had functioning teeth, she might try to kill me. You know, and she's a Bichon. She weighs, like, eight pounds. Like, I'm not really scared. You know what I mean? And I'm going to nurse her back to health, and she's going to love me eventually. But, like, she's a wild animal. You know what I mean? Like, she she effectively has just been a, a baby factory for the last eight years. and animals when when they have been abused are not like nah it's cool you can go 
don't worry about it. Like, if it is within their capacity to exact revenge, they would. And, you know, attempted murder is a, is always, at the very least, an inconvenience. Like, even at if at the very least. Even if it's not a real threat, it's still inconvenient to have someone or something try to kill you. Right. <laughs> All right, how many more do you have? Two. Have two okay. more. All right, you take a turn. Okay. Uh, let me let me see. Well, I think I, I have I think I have two more that I'd I'd like to talk okay. to talk about. The other ones are just crap. <laughs> um, this one I I mean I think this one was the most obvious one. Like when you said it originally, and you're like the big what if it it is the big what if. So we'll just get it out of the way now. What if the Nintendo and Sony PlayStation thing had actually come out? Ah, right. Like yeah. that. That's the big one, right? That is the big one. I have a similar one uh, that that I'll ask next. But uh, yeah, so what if the what if the Nintendo PlayStation actually came out? Um, I feel like it, we we would have inevitably wound up where we were anyway because a you CD think they at, ultimately would have split any damn way. I think that the way Sony wanted to do, wanted to do things would have ultimately led there. Like I don't think there's any way a CD add-on for the Super Nintendo would have been popular enough. Because it is, at the end of the day, it's a CD add-on to the Super Nintendo. It, it couldn't right. have been wound up doing a whole lot more for the Super Nintendo than the Sega CD did did for the Sega Genesis, you know? Mm. So, I don't That's know. That's an interesting way to look at it. Like, they would have... That would have given Sony the taste they needed to just jump in and make the PlayStation anyway. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, you know, like, they, they would have just continued to work together on things. Yeah. Huh. I wonder, because, I mean, it certainly would have changed some things in the in the immediate. Definitely, you know? because there would have been a partnership there. So I don't know how much... But that could have actually... I, I, I don't know, because there's a certain degree of confidence slash arrogance with those two companies. So, like... Sure. But would, Nint would Nintendo have, like, kind of stuck with PlayStation when they went to branch off and say okay now we want to make a 32-bit true 32-bit console this is what we want to work on and nintendo have been like you know what we'd like to partner with you we'd like to put mario on that and then let's move forward with this and just be partners going forward but right i mean nintendo i couldn't see them ever giving up that level of control and sony didn't want to not have that level of control they wanted to make what they wanted to make Right. So, I mean, it was kind of doomed no matter what. But, man, if it wasn't, that would have been pretty weird for at least a little while. And then we would wind up with, you know, who the hell knows what kind of rights situations with, you know, similar to what we have with Rare being owned by Microsoft. Like, who knows what would have transpired right. between the two of them. Like, weird games getting caught up in rights issues for all eternity between these two massive companies. So, that would be weird. All right. I just thought of another one, too, while you okay. were... All right, well, my follow-up to that one goes a little bit older. What if the Atari 7800 was actually better than the NES? Mm. Like, I think, man, in a world where that exists, you know, because, I, I mean, from what I understand of the things that I've read about it, you know, the, the NES was kind of the, the Hail Mary pass of Nintendo. You know, like they, they wouldn't, they were, they had a successful, um, you know, arcade business, certainly, but with arcades dying, if the NES was not a success, would Nintendo have continued as a, a game developer or as a, as a uh, console <laughs> developer? Uh, who, who the heck knows? 
But I mean, there there wasn't really much of a chance of any of that sort of thing happening in Japan. Right. But as far as like here in America, um, you know, the NES had to get itself a foothold. And Atari had kind of, you know, shot themselves in the foot a bunch of times. But like... <laughs> a bunch of times. What if by the time the 7800 came out, instead of it being effectively a souped up 2600, especially when you think uh, the sound always just drives me nuts of the 7800. It's like, well, here's a game that looks way closer to an NES game, but it sounds like a 2600 game. Yeah, what if the 7800 was so bad, was everything that the master system just couldn't quite achieve. And they had, you know, they had the Atari brand behind them, which wasn't complete poison at that point, you know, if the, if they had turned it around and been like, well, here is a super quality product. It's a hundred percent backwards compatible with twenty six hundred games, like the seven, not hundred percent, but you know what I mean. Yeah, backwards compatible with ninety percent of your Atari twenty six hundred games that are still in stores and an ultra cheap right now. So you've got this huge back catalog, and they were able to entice uh, the companies that weren't thrilled about working with Nintendo because like they were the only game in town, but they had to sign all kinds of exclusivity rights and things. Right. Atari would have theoretically been in a position to be like, hey, come over here and we won't be quite so hey, hard on you, you know? Don't do that. Yeah. I think that would have been a really interesting situation. It would have been. It really would have been. And it kind of dovetails into the other one I had before I get to the one that I thought of. Um, the other one that I had uh, was, what if the Dreamcast had been successful? Well, I think we'd have a pretty different Sega right now. Right? They, you know, would I don't think we would have Microsoft in the market. Yeah, no, I think that Microsoft probably would have partnered with Sega at some point. I, yeah, I like, like I I feel that would have been that was the same way I was thinking, you know, like we would have had the, you know, the 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 Sega Xbox or whatever. I mean, the Dreamcast ran on a form of Windows. You know, it had Microsoft Windows written on the front of the damn machine. So yeah, that that just wouldn't that I, that wouldn't surprise me at all if there was actually some sort of like it, it would be the Sega Xbox or something. I honestly don't think that it would have ultimately changed a ton. I think we just would wind up you know, the Sega Microsoft Xbox situation would be where we are. They would be basically just doing that because. You know, the problem with the Dreamcast was that so much of Sega's talent had gone elsewhere. Elsewhere, you know, they weren't right. making the best games uh, anymore, and when they were, they were like super niche. So that's, a, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, I think it it would have been interesting to see, like, had Sega not gone to be just a game developer and had remained in the console market. You know, one of the things I always appreciated about Sega was that they seemed to push the other two companies mm -hmm. you know like the dreamcast came out and it was this this really incredible thing and when the saturn came out it was doing things that the other systems just simply were not doing or weren't even thinking about doing you know and you look at a lot of the arcade hardware that sega was putting out the you know the big the am2 chip was like well, i'll definitely give you that with the arcade stuff but i feel like this you know with as far as the saturn the playstation just did everything that did but better and way cheaper you know? sure sure but uh, but that push was there you yeah. know that push was there to do it better yeah we're, we're going to make this 32-bit system and we're going to be crazy and not finish it and drop it super early and it's going to be dumb and i love my saturn don't get me wrong sure. i love the saturn but that is such a strange machine and you know granted it's less strange than the 32x but right it's the it's 
Yeah. It is what it is. It does 2D stuff. Handles 2D pretty well. Yeah. Marvel vs. Cap. No. Uh, X-Men vs. Street Fighter. The four meg yeah. chip. Yeah, mm. yeah. Delicious. All right. Well, I do have one, and I think it's actually a pretty good one. So. One All more. right. So then I'll give my, my last stupid one, and then we'll end on yours. What if Samus killed Ridley's family? And Ridley was the one who was left. It was who was left over and got the Chozo armor. Samus became cool the space pirate, and Ridley is the one traveling around trying to hunt Metroids and kill Samus because Samus killed her family. His family. See, I, and I think that's like a legitimate, you know, story to tell. Maybe not with Ridley, but the you know the ultimate power corrupting ultimately thing. Like, you know, I'm I'm sitting here, and it's funny. I'm like I'm looking at. As I sit here in the uh, Jose Canseco Executive Annex and I'm looking at my shelf of comic book figures, um, I have a Green Lantern. You know, I have Green Lantern next to Green Arrow, and one of my favorite storylines, you know, was the was when Green Lantern becomes Parallax. Yeah, Hal Jordan. Hal right? Jordan becomes Parallax, like kills the other Green Lanterns and consolidates power because he knows best, right? You know the mm -hmm. this in his mind, altruistic thing that he was doing ultimately corrupts him and makes him evil. That's an interesting story to tell with Samus. Yeah. You know, I feel like, like a lot of times we, they pl we play it safe with video games. Like it's just always the same thing. Like you continue to remain the hero. Now, and I mean, I, again, I think about well, it would have to change a little bit because, you know, Samus got the, was raised by the Chozo. So that's why she has the power that she has. And that's why she has the power suit. And that's why she, you know, she had the Chozo, blood or whatever it was running through her so she survives the chozo attack or 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 some different attack and uh sh then she goes and kills ridley's family and then so in her betrayal of the chozo ridley is the orphan that goes to the chozo after her and then he gets souped up on chozo powers and he gets a super battle armor like can you imagine ridley in a battle suit like that'd, that'd be, be amazing dope. And like, like playing that. through a Metroid game as a giant purple dragon who breathes fire. <laughs> I like that. I like where this is going. That would be amazing. Make that happen. weird as hell. Like, there's already tons of plot holes in what I'm saying, but you get the idea oh, sure. I'm going for. Swap yeah. the Ridley and Samus positions and then make it so that Samus is like working for Mother Brain or the space pirates and, uh, yeah, Ridley with an arm cannon. <laughs> I'm in. I'm into I it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, All right finish well, this off. for my last serious one that, that sprang to mind as we were talking, in the ultimate move to officially own all of us, what if Disney finally completes their catalog of entertainment and purchases Nintendo? Now, obviously, this is a what-if scenario, because this has come up, and... I'm pretty right. sure the only way that's ever happening is some sort of hostile takeover, which Nintendo is very careful about. Sure, sure. But I wouldn't but be surprised. But what if they come to that agreement? Boy, if Disney bought Nintendo, that would be something. Like, what, what would that do to video games? I don't know, because Disney is very... What happens to Kingdom Hearts, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, d d then Disney gets into, like, a level of console exclusivity to an extent. Right? Like, like that. is the wow. Disney brand strong enough, right? Because when you say Disney, you're not just talking Mickey Mouse. You're talking Marvel. You're talking Star Wars. 
if those things were to become exclusive to Nintendo consoles, or do they push it the other way? And make Nintendo stuff on the other platforms, which would probably be what I would think. Well, I don't know, because Disney does like their exclusivity. They so do. they'd be like, well, you know what? This is going to be, we're just like they did with Netflix and with Disney Plus. They're like, we're going to yank all of our content off, off of all other platforms. And, and it's going to be here. It's only going to be here. Does that mean, like, if Disney buys Nintendo, does that mean we finally get the fucking Legend of Zelda and Metroid and, you know, Kid Icarus cartoons that we so goddamn deserve? Because <sighs> then that puts them in league with Marvel. It you would. Know? And then you have Yoda showing up in Smash Brothers. Well, that's wrong for a number of reasons, but that's just... <laughs> I'm not going to get into that, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, okay, uh, you have Ashoka showing up in Smash Brothers. Still no. The rule, the the one hard and fast rule for characters in Smash Brothers is they have to have originated as video game characters. That's why Goku will never be in Smash. That's the only major rule that exists as far as making a character in Smash. They have to have started life as a video game character. I mean, okay, so then you have something from fucking... Wreck-It uh, Ralph, I don't know. <laughs> you have Wreck-It Ralph in Smash Brothers. <laughs> Damn it, give me some Disney characters in Smash Brothers. Or better yet, then we start getting, you know, Mushroom Kingdom Hearts, you know? Mushroom Kingdom Hearts. Ah, oh, what if there were a Mushroom Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> that was an EGM uh, uh, <laughs> April Fool's joke one year. I mean, it's good, though. It is good. There should be, like, can you imagine that? A whole spinoff, like, here's a whole Nintendo spinoff of Kingdom Hearts that's Sora going through all the worlds of Nintendo instead of all the worlds of Disney. That would be so fucking cool. A whole new set of Keyblades that are just, you know... Mushroom the, Blades. Mushroom Kingdom, Hyrule. How Samus, cool would that be? That would, would be incredible. <laughs> it would be amazing. Right? I actually want... Disney to buy Nintendo now. Oh, <laughs> now I want it to happen. I because like they're don't. doing the theme park and whatnot, you know, and that's I think it's actually part of Universal. It's with Universal, yeah. It's not yeah. with Disney. You know, and they're so, they're doing the Super Mario Brothers movie, not with Disney. Yeah, you know, but uh, man, I think it's an, an interesting thing, you know, because Disney with with the Star Wars games, like they they folded LucasArts, which sucks. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, because LucasArts had a ton of really cool stuff and whatnot. But it is, I, I think, somewhat surprising that Disney has no skin in the video game game, as it were. Not much, no. Hmm. Well, that was a good one. Hey, that was fun. That was fun. That <laughs> yeah. actually ended up better. That, that turned out better than <laughs> I, I expected. Great. Great. Yeah. All right, well, let's say it's late as heck, so we're going to have to call it. Uh, that is going to be our show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, I, I would announce what we're doing next week, but with the whole looming Tommy Tallarico interview thing, I don't know. It could be next week, could be next month, it could be never. But So who knows what's going to happen next week? We've got backup plans just in case. We'll get but, to something. We'll get yeah. to the 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. Yeah, that's right. This month, uh, well, not this month, uh, at least unless I can find something else to talk about, but it, uh, definitely for March... We're going to up it to the 10, 20, 30, 40, because we're now in 19. There's enough stuff. There's enough stuff in 1980 that came out without specific release dates that I can just like list them in different months. Cause you know, we're in the, the, Man. the years where, you know, the, uh, the, the television existed in 1980, uh, 
We are getting you know, old, Chris. Atari 2600 stuff out there, so... Yeah, we're going to up it to the 10, 20, 30, 40, because our episodes aren't long enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Good we're times. running out of show ideas. Almost yeah. 300 <laughs> episodes in. Six years into this shit. Once Man. again, you can get in touch with us at com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S. And Dan, where can people find you? At Geekade Dan. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. We'd also like to thank our intrepid editor, Evan, for making this show listenable for all you folks. And we'd like to thank Mark TDK Knight for our show's theme. You can check him out on SoundCloud and Bandcamp or his website, which we have a link to in the show notes. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for even more fresh original content that is it on behalf of dan and myself keep playing games Mm -hmm.